0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dodson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. The Dynasty Podcast that talks about dynasty fantasy football, the greatest form of fantasy football that you will ever play. If you're listening to this you most likely play Dynasty Fantasy Football. If you don't, you should start playing Dynasty Fantasy Football. Your life will be better of it. We all need good things in our life that bring us happiness. And one thing that brings me happiness, co-host Matt, is Dynasty Fantasy Football.
1: I mean, you couldn't have had a nicer Dynasty Fantasy Football endorsement right
0: there, Richard. I love Dynasty Fantasy Football. It's the best fantasy football. 365 days a year. Even when you're losing, you're winning.
1: I've eliminated all, their fa- all other fantasy football for my life.
0: You sure have. Um, so here we are. We're back. Uh, we just recorded our last podcast. It came out. I don't know, because this is all big mystery to us. But all I know is we're here, and we're talking about the AFC South, Matt. And the AFC South is full of a lot of things. And a lot of those things aren't the greatest fantasy football players or dynasty fantasy football players in the world. So where the last podcast was like an hour and 20 minutes, if I had to bust out the crystal balls, <gasps> balls, will this show be an hour and 20 minutes? The balls say hail to the no. Oh, hail to the no. So let's just dive in, shall we? Let's do um, it right into it. Head first. No all need right. to dip our toe in the water. It's all safe here, my friend. I wouldn't lie to you. Let's talk about the most exciting team um on this paper, I guess. Which I don't even really think is the most exciting team. Just the best NFL team.
1: Okay. And we here must be talking about the Jaguars.
0: The Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's look at this depth chart, shall we? Let's do it, man. At wide receiver, you have Marquise Lee, Dante Moncrief, Dee, Dee Westbrook, DJ Shark, Rashad Green, Keelan Cole, and Al Lazard. Matt. That is a lot of wide receivers. Holy crap. This is like the Baltimore Ravens tight end position. Whoa, whoa. Bada boom, bada bing. At the running back position, we have Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant.
1: Ooh. Wow.
0: At tight end. (laughs) wait in. (laughs) I don't know how many pounds, but he's a tight end, so it's probably a lot. Austin Safarian Jenkins. I think he's
1: listed at about 265.
0: That's a big fellow. Mm-hmm. He'd take me in a fight. That's for sure, Matt. Mm-hmm. Backed up by James O'Shaughnessy and Ben Koyak. Who are they? Who knows? Who cares? Turnferg's is what I like to say. Mm-hmm. And that quarterback, the old so great Blake Bortles. Backed up by the dynamic, not so dynamic, Peter Parker of the NFL, Cody Kessler. Behind him, Tanner Lee. whoopity doo da whippity day let's start off uh with the wide receivers shall we because there's so many of them
1: there are there's a lot to sift through there's a lot to sift
0: through here a lot of players that none you're probably most likely not going to want to start in 2018 because there's a lot of players there's a lot of balls to go around matt come on it's like a porn set right now oh my gosh okay their number one receiver their number one receiver is essentially a wide receiver three is what it boils down to your fantasy team um lee led the team last year in targets with 96 that was good for 39th in the nfl um who was second in targets on that team Matt, you may ask i'll tell you no need to ask man uh, I,
1: I was going to ask but go for it.
0: it's keelan cole yep. with 81 targets and that's good for 66 in the nfl so um you know a lot going on here they're bringing dante moncrief uh who's entering his you know, he's 25, I think.
1: Uh, He's actually 24 right now. He might be 25 by the time the season starts. You know, I think he's been in the league four years.
0: Dante Moncrief. So far, here's Dante Moncrief's injury history. Turf toe, sprained ankle, broken shoulder, shoulder strain, and two separate hamstring strains. The guy's been banged up a lot. Marquise Lee, he's been banged up a little bit too. That's why I think they have so many receivers here. How are we going to sift through this? How are we going to shake this out through the strainer and see what's the good stuff left?
1: Well, for me, I immediately just started kind of looking at some of the numbers on some of these guys. So Marquise Lee, they're pretty much tied to this guy for the next two years at least. Um, You know, they don't even get, they actually are going to owe money even if they cut him. So, I mean, he has a ton of dead money.
0: He just signed, so he's not going
1: anywhere. Right. So, So Marquise Lee is there. He's the one guy that's there, but. You know, obviously, right now he's sitting at a top as a wide receiver one, but I don't think that's his position. Like, I mean, that's just agree, hundred percent. He's the best. He's he's the most seasoned veteran there now.
0: He's just like we talked about Juju Smith last week mm-hmm. or whatever the show came out about sure. the Steelers, right? How we see him as a really good number two. That's how I see Marquise Lee as a really good number two. Right,
1: and then Dante Dante Moncrief is still super young. He's only he's only like twenty four right now. He's I think going to turn twenty five in the season. Um, but he's literally on just a one year deal with nine point six million. So that guy is I mean, if he stays on track as far as his projection and, and, and does the same thing that he's done every other year, he'll be gone next year. So I mean that's this is gonna be a one year type of deal for Dante Monegrieep in my eyes.
0: Tons of teams I mean, tons of teams <clears throat> need receivers too, so he can find a home
1: easily. Right. So I mean this is where this is where I start looking at guy some of the three guys you know, two guys that emerged last year and then, then their their high second round pick that they they used this year. DJ Shark, I mean, out of those guys, profiles in my eyes the best as as a as a one wide receiver one. Who would have guessed that? I mean who would have guessed, that would have guessed I love that. him and all of a sudden I also think that he profiles best as a wide receiver one. I mean yes, he is like a um a deep he's a deep threat, obviously, but at six foot four, two hundred and something pounds, I think Think he can be a little bit more than that. If I know they can that refine
0: his route running,
1: if they can refine his route running a little bit, I, th- I mean, I think in general LSU wide receivers do better in the NFL than they they do in college anyway, just due to their system. But I really think DJ Shark is a special talent, and and it's not going to take him long to, I think, emerge here as a as a big time playmaker. And <clears throat> there also has been on the Blake Bortles front, there's been news as to. Them wanting to be a little bit more aggressive this year going downfield, which I think also, um, DJ Shark is going to be a big part of.
0: You know, I think Keelan Cole's hands kind of hurt him a little bit, but you know, obviously 81 targets last year can't be ignored. Uh, if he could take another step forward, that's progress there. Right. That's kind of um, you know retardant to DJ Shark. Also, DD Westbrook showed enough for me last year, who made him interested. And what I I think the biggest thing I take away from DD Westbrook looking at actually looking into the Jaguars was most of dd westbrook's targets came on third down mm-hmm. which shows me that blake Bortles really trust him. and they can g- build on top of that he could be a guy and that's the thing here is you know you got shark and you got dd westbrook and one of those guys could be the guy right one of those guys could be the number 3 receiver it's how's this going to pan out
1: and it, it's it's very hard to predict and that's um it that's the, why that's why DJ Shark's value or or perceived value is so hard to pin down right now.
0: The investments there, draft capital. Wise. The, the,
1: the draft capital is there. It's it's just people are having a hard time because the the two other guys that you'd mentioned, um, dd Westbrook and and Keelan Cole, kind of emerged last year and they're young players as well. I think I don't think anyone thinks Marquise Lee or Dante Dante Moncrief. Are much of an imped- uh, impediment for those guys getting into the starting lineup, but no one's really sure who is going to emerge. So I take, I personally, I, I t- kind of took a step back and and wanted to reevaluate those guys just coming into the NFL. And, you know, obviously Keelan Cole, um, Keelan Cole wasn't on many people's radars. I did like him early on in the preseason. I kind of got on that train then before, before the regular season started. But, you know, D.D. Westbrook, People knew D.D. Westbrook, but if, I, I think if you evaluated D.D. D. Westbrook's college tape against D.J. Shark, D.J. Shark's um, college tape yeah, it's, and, it's, and and lead up to the NFL, like all-star games and all that kind of stuff, I think, and not not that I think, my opinion is that D.J. Shark was better than him coming into the NFL, and that's kind of my jumping off point. I know that D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole have done it in the NFL for one year, but chark is 21 years old you know keelan cole's 25 already you know so maybe there's a reason that he flashed and and did so yeah. well there early on in the mm-hmm. season he was an old rookie you know and dd westbrook is 24 so both those guys are a little bit older and and dj chark is a 21 year old guy that i think is just a little on the raw side coming in from lsu but his upside and and talent is there so that's i'm done with my spiel on dj shark uh,
0: and i think i think where he where he sits right now, I don't think he's going to be relevant at all this year.
1: Oh, I don't – no, no. I don't, I don't think for this year it's going to be like a lock and he's going to be a guy that's producing much this year. But I think going forward he's the guy that can definitely be the guy that emerges. And, and
0: talent definitely wins out. But the only impending on that would be like kind of where you're like, okay – so we like Marquise Lee as a solid number two, right? Like he's he's a really solid number two. And I think that's where he's gonna end. Yeah. And he's he's one of those guys that can finish consistently as like a high end wide receiver three. But that's kind of what he is, which is not a bad thing at all. It's not actually at all. it's a really good thing to have on your roster because right. he's startable then. He's a wide receiver three, he's a right. top thirty six fantasy receiver. That's great value. But we need a little bit more. Definitely if they want to build on Blake Bortle's arm and build that on that a little bit. I know this is gonna be a run first team. Right. But what if D.D. Westbrook does take a big step forward this year and then he gets locked in there? Um, what if Keelan Cole makes a little bit of progress, which I don't really truly see. I think his biggest, you know, roadblock would be D.D. Westbrook, personally. I think, um, yeah, no, I agree with you there. So if D.D. Westbrook comes in and he kind of falls in that kind of like, you know, you know how Minnesota has Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, like, mm-hmm. Where does Laquan Treadwell fit in? Even if he does play better, you know, where the targets come from because there's still, you know, they paid these other guys. They're gonna pay Stefan like he's locked in there. So where does that help? So there's that kind of mystery too with that. Yeah. I like I like Shark better too. I do, but I if I if I'm looking for somebody in 2018 to kind of gamble on here, to me if I'm looking for somebody to step up over out of this out of this receiving court to put up better numbers than I anticipated, I'd probably gamble a little bit on D.D. Westbrook.
1: Um. I think it's going to be uh, – um, they're going to mix it around quite a bit this year. I don't think – besides Marquise Lee for this year, I'm not sure there's a ton of fantasy value. Oh, that's why I started the whole yeah. thing. I
0: said, I don't want any – you don't want to start any of these guys. Right. They're wide receiver one to wide receiver three. The only person you're going to be able to start essentially is Marquise right. Lee, and he's got to stay healthy. At the running back position, you have a touchdown monster in Leonard Fournette. Now, this is a team that invested, again, in the offensive line. Uh, they're going to run the ball a ton. The only thing you have to worry about Leonard Fournette is his ankle, and I said this last year. If he if he rolls in this year and he mi- starts missing time again on this ankle, I have multiple Leonard Fournette shares. I think I got him in like four leagues. I'm selling them in every single league. Oh, I don't blame you. Not not during the injury, but I'll let him right. come back again, rebound, and I'm selling all my Leonard Fournette shares.
1: Because then you'll know that it's going to be something that just happens every single year. It's going to be a lingering issue, and eventually it's going to zap. His explosiveness. Yeah, and and it's it's, it was our red flag. When you're big and slow, you just get hit, and, and you go down. So,
0: in, in such a, 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 a fickle position that is so highly turned over, and such a different outlook every year as hmm. who's a running back one and who's not. I need for Nat to show me that you know you get every running back misses a game right here, so I'm not worried about that. But I just want to see the angle. Hinder him. He still finished a running back one last year.
1: No, oh, yeah. He's a he's a great young talent. And showed he catch great. the
0: ball better than I thought he can catch the football. Um, so long term, still like Leonard Fournette. But where does Leonard Fournette fall for you amongst this immensely crowded, talented running back field that we have right now? Like we right now, I mean, I don't know if I've seen this strong of a running back field since shit, dude. Like to early 2000s right I mean it's really strong right now I mean you look through those guys with the Leonard Fournette uh not Leonard Fournette I'm sorry Todd Gurley Zeke Elliott mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. David Johnson Alvin Kamara you would take ahead of him right yep
1: Kareem Hunt
0: Kareem Hunt you you take Kareem Hunt and have Leonard Fournette
1: uh I think I would just because his pass catching chops okay and, and, fair. and lack of of injury history. completely fair yeah. Saquon Barkley I would probably take Saquon also. Uh, yeah. you would, yeah, me too. I would, hundred percent. Dalvin yeah. Cook, Dalvin Cook, yeah, I would.
0: I would too. That's yep. eight. Um, who am I missing?
1: I mean, I, 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 I think that's right around where he's at. I yeah, think so he's right coming in number nine. Yeah, I'm, a
0: running back one who's, you know, considered immensely talented here, who could finish way better than running back eight this year. Way better. Definitely yeah. the touchdowns are there. Cause I think the touchdowns are always gonna be his bread and butter. And if you can refine his pass catching ability more this year too, it could be better. But that's what's crazy. That's how deep the field is right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Devin Leonard Fournette, yeah. We're ranking him like,
0: like, like right around number nine right. amongst tight end running backs. I'm not even talking about guys like he's right next to like a guy like Devontae Freeman, who's finishes like a top tier running back every time he's healthy. Right. Um, I'm sure some other guys would be who knows what Kenyon Drake would do with finish strong last year. Uh, there's I'm am I'm, Jarek I'm, McKinnon will probably out you know be up there in fantasy production off of him. What will Shad Penny do this year? There's tons of running right. backs out there that are like, okay, this guy you know in PPR leagues could finish you know higher than Leonard Fournette, but this guy is somebody you want on your dynasty roster. He's the best dynasty asset on the Jaguars.
1: Easily. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm easily. such a
0: big name where Fournette's kind of like kinda of go elsewhere. And then you think do you think it's the ankle injury? That's a big like that's that's it? Like that's uh It's yeah. the foot
1: ankle issues, yeah. That's that's the only I mean that, that's the only thing holding back his value in my eyes.
0: Oh we said we take Dalvin Cook ahead of him and he's coming off A C L injury. That says something there too.
1: Right. I mean that's I mean but those are that's easily. I mean, you you get a surgery, you do the rehab, you're done with it. It's not like a reoccurring thing that's gonna hold you back three or four games every single year and just and we'll and, know and like zap said, your your speed or anything. Like we'll
0: know this year on Leonard Fournette if that ankle injury because coming out of college. I agree, like and
1: we, and that's what we said last year. You said it, I and I agreed with you last year that you know if this guy if this guy has reoccurring issues, you might want to consider getting out. Pretty, it makes, pretty quickly.
0: And it actually gives T.J. Yeldon actually some value because this is a guy who's been banged up pretty consistently. It, um, he gives not just it, in the NFL first year, but his entire collegiate career too. Uh,
1: yeah, T.J. Yeldon you know, obviously holds some value on, in that respect this year, but T.J. Yeldon's only 24 years old and is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So T.J. Yeldon's not a bad guy to go and maybe get sneakily like towards the middle of the season or something. If he's doing nothing, get him as a throw-in or something like that. And just try to acquire this guy because who knows? I mean, this guy—he's a—he's a talented back. It's not like he's—he's he's a total dud or anything. But if he gets in the right situation where he's actually, you know, get, gets behind a good offensive line, let, let's say he gets sent out to Oakland or something like that, they have a pretty decent offensive line out there, and he gets Oakland. a good opportunity. I mean, that could be a great landing Colts spot for him. Yeah, right. Can
0: end up being somebody. Uh you know, who knows what happens? You know, I don't think Arizona's going to need a court running. back. you know, what I mean, there's there's right. multiple spots that could open up for TJ Yell next year to make him at least, you know, uh, in a position to win a starting job. So it's always nice sometime to get ahead of that of a guy who is young and shown enough where he has a potential in the right system to be right. viable. And that's where TJ Yeldon falls uh, for me. At the tight end position, you have Austin Severian Jenkins is the main guy there. I think he fits that system pretty nice um, with all his receivers around. He might be the best red zone threat there, too. So we'll see. Cause I, it,
1: Austin Severian Jenkins had a nice, you know, a nice comeback last year, and I think he cashed that in and and is going to have a pretty consistent role here with the Jaguars. I think so too. They've man. been they've been they've been looking for a tight end there for years
0: and it, that target. So I think he right. could finish right around. Again, because I think when you get really in the goal line, I think it's going to be a Leonard Fournette show I agree. all day. But so, inside the
1: 20 and, and, you know, between 20 and and, and the five-yard line, they might be looking for a guy to throw to. And, I can see
0: also if Jenkins finishes at tight end eight. Yeah. Seems feasible to me. And then Blake Bortles, to me, I think he stepped up big last year. I think he's a really, um, from a fantasy aspect, like underrated quarterback. He definitely is. He, he, where people just poo-poo on him, but he produces every year from a fantasy aspect. Aspect.
1: Yeah, he adds uh, he adds a little bit with his legs, and he seems to always produce pretty good numbers. I mean, I had him in the Superflex, and I I got him pretty cheap because it's Blake Bortles, and I pretty much rode him and Kirk Cousins to a championship. So
0: I got him in two. I got him in a couple leagues too, and it's just it, to me he was something that I targeted later because yeah. I knew I can get. Hey, I can target here and get you know I can take my Devonte Adams. I know I can come away with like a Blake Bortles. And the thing is, he moves. A, he
1: moves a lot in dynasty leagues because no one knows if he's a long term viable option. So you know he, he's a he's a guy that you can get, and he produces pretty nicely for fantasy purposes. Yeah, if he produces
0: again this year and he takes another step forward this right. year, then he's going to be locked in. Um, let's move on to the co- Titans. All right, here's your depth chart: Corey Davis, Richard Matthews, Taiwan Taylor. Deontay Burnett, Tajay Sharp, and Darius Jennings at receiver. Running back, you have Deion Lewis, Derek Henry, David Fluellen, and Akram Wadley. Tight end, Delaney Walker, Jonu Smith, and Luke Stocker. Quarterback, Marcus Mariota, Blake Blaine Gabbert, and Luke Falk. Um, we'll start right out the gate about Corey Davis. All right. To me, tremendous value. I If I can buy Corey Davis anywhere, I'm buying Corey Davis. And I'm buying him now before the season starts. I mean,
1: obviously, I don't, I don't. yeah. I, Corey Davis. I don't think we need to go on a huge rant about, but he's, he's a very he's a super talented guy. He was nicked up last year, hamstring ne- injury. Never uh, really got off to the start that he needed to like propel himself to have a good rookie season. I'm looking for a big turnaround there as well. You know, if as long as he doesn't have another nagging injury here in training camp, I think he gets a nice training camp under his belt and and starts the year pretty smooth. I don't I don't see anything more than. You know, wide receiver three, wide receiver two type of numbers this year, but I mean, you'll take that out of a second year, you know, wide receiver.
0: I could easily, I could see more than that. I can see a wide receiver two easily here. Um, this is a guy again. He yeah, he had a tweak hammy going into the year. Reheard it week two. Missed five games. Came back week eight. Saw a target share of 25% of the targets in the air last year. And this is a team that didn't even really throw the ball that much. They are looking to throw the ball a lot they more. They are there. looking
1: to do a more quick strike type of throwing offense. Which
0: makes Rashard Matthews hold some sneaky value possibly. Um, Taiwan Taylor might take a nice step forward as well. I know when they drafted him, we predicted that the future was going to be Taiwan Taylor and Corey Davis. So I think Taiwan Taylor's value comes more in 2019 than 2018. But listen, I think Corey Davis to me is still – The cream of the crop. This is a receiver, not that I liked coming out of college, that I absolutely loved. He was my 1-1, not in the 2018 rookie draft, but in the 2017 rookie draft, ahead of all those running backs. Mm -hmm. And people ask me this year, like, oh, where would Corey Davis fall in the draft this year? I'm like, 1-2, right behind Saquon Barkley. That's where i put him, 100%. You, I don't care that he didn't do anything last year. You know, the hamstring, it's a it's a lingering injury, injury holds you back. He's a rookie on a team that, you know, was all over the place. But now they bring in. Um, well, they wanted
1: to run an exotic smash mouth offense.
0: Yeah, and they bring in a new offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur, uh, who was a Rams offensive coordinator last year, uh, so that he knows how to utilize an offense here. I This guy's college shape, this guy's overall production, has A.J. Green kind of production all over him. If I mean you, I I
1: love I love Corey Davis. I did not have him as highly ranked as you, but it doesn't mean that I don't really like the guy. Love him. Yeah.
0: Love him, love him, love him. <laughs> I am buying him. Every let me just put this to you. Every league you're in with Corey Davis, that if you don't own him, try and see what just try and see if you can get him. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Just try and you will think in three years from now, you're gonna be thinking me when Corey Davis is a top five dynasty startup player. That's how good he is. I,
1: I I agree. No, I mean it's definitely you know go try to get him. He's going to be expensive, but go try to get him. But the other guys, I'm I'm really looking at are the Thai, the Thai Taiwan tailors yeah. of the world because um, Rashard Matthews is 28 years old. This is a brand new coaching staff. Yep, he's in the last year of his deal. There there hasn't been any extension talks or anything like that. So there's going to be a spot wide open there at the wide receiver two come next year oh tim all day so I, I i think it's him i know you do as well you know tajay sharps another guy that could step up and and kind of get into that wide receiver three role and maybe have depending on how um quick hitting this offensive it uh, offense is and how explosive it is might have some value as well next year but um those those are the, the two guys i'm i'm more sneakily trying to target because they're a lot cheaper
0: all right so let's move on to the uh, the big running back situation here. Now, we've been preaching forever that Derrick Henry Derrick Henry, is not the guy they own. He's going to be touchdown dependent. You know, 33% and people are like, oh, Deion Lewis is just a pass catching back. He's just a pass catching back. He's a pass catching back. False, false, false.
1: He ran between the tackles really Nin- well
0: last year. 93% of Lewis's snaps in New England last year went first and second down. Started eight games in the second half of the NFL. Total A total yards of 1,104 yards and nine touchdowns with those 33 catches. Had 180 carries for 896 yards and six touchdowns. Good for 5.0 yards per carry. No player had more rushing yards in the second half of the season than Deion Lewis last year with 625. Like I said, he averaged 4.9 yards per carry. It led the NFL. The guy's making $5 million per year. That's the eighth highest paid running back in the NFL. They didn't bring Deion Lewis in here to be a situational guy. Split uh uh carries. You know what Lewis also did, Matt? He led the league in yards after contact.
1: After contact. Wow, that's huh. pretty
0: good, right? That's pretty good. Derrick Henry so you know, I mentioned he had 180 carries for 896 yards and six touchdowns. How many yards what did Derrick Henry have? He had 176 carries, which is four less than that for 744 yards and five t- touchdown Uh five touchdowns. That's good for 4.2 yards for carry. Now, new Titans offensive coordinator that's coming in, Matt LaFleur, from the Rams, gave 87 targets to Todd Gurley last year. That's a lot. 87 targets, okay? So, he's going to utilize that passing game to utilize a running game. And who do you think they're going to throw the ball to there, Matt?
1: Not Derrick Henry.
0: Not Derrick Henry at all. And Matt LaFleur came out within the last two weeks to the Tennessee newspaper and said, what are you going to do about goal line carries? And he even said there, there I see a 50-50 carry as well. I still think we can utilize Deion Lewis there, and I want to. And I think we u- utilize uh, Derrick Henry there. And people that are, you know, just kind of going off of the size category, which is like, oh, that doesn't make sense. He's just blowing smoke up your ass, you know. But meanwhile, who led the league in yards after contact last year, Matt? I
1: think you just mentioned it was Dion Lewis.
0: It was Deion Lewis, and the only red flag you have there on Deion Lewis is injury prone, Because right. he is, he's injury prone. So you have to. That's not just something we're going to like slide by the wayside. But when he plays, he is very, very, very efficient. The guy is dynamic. This is the guy when he got signed in New England, we came on our podcast and said, everybody go on your waiver wire right now and pick up Deion Lewis. It's one of the biggest things we got in our, I think, history of our podcast. Right. And we explain why. This guy, again, he's not being paid to come in here and just be a, a, a little trick down running back. I'm telling you people, that's not the case. It's why we've been poo-pooing on Derrick Henry so much. It's not because, again, Turk Henry's a bad football player. It's because there's other ways to go with fantasy football he's points. He's
1: limited from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. And we've said it a thousand times.
0: So, Deion Lewis is the guy to own here. You know, it's a long-term value there. Most likely not. But for 2018 and it being healthy, Deion Lewis is the guy to own. At the tight end position, you have Delaney Walker. You know, the guy came on in his
1: 30s. Delaney Walker's 33 years old. He's in the, he's in the final year of his deal, you know, Go try to acquire Jonu Smith. He's the guy that they have pegged as their future tight end.
0: Yeah, and what I like about Jonu Smith is like I just need him to see, improve his route running ability. Because right now he's pretty much just a vertical threat. Right. And I like to see him be a little bit more utilized as an all-around tight end. Now, I like a vertical threat on my tight end, but he needs to be a little bit more well-rounded. He's still young. This is going to be his second year. He's 20, of room
1: 22, get- yeah.
0: Plenty of room to grow here. Like Matt said, Delaney Walker is in the last year of his contract. Look for John New Smith to be the guy going forward. Like Matt said, if you're going to acquire a tight end with some upside, this is a place to go. And I, an offense that's a little bit of exciting going forward. Quarterback position, Marcus Mariota. To me, you know, he's just one of those nice, solid quarterbacks. You know, kind of fits in there. to the it, I'm I'm
1: interested to see him in the new offense. I mean, he's been in a run heavy offense for the past two years where they haven't really used his quick strike ability or his legs really that much. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, just incorporate some of the stuff that that the creative offensive minds are using.
0: He's going to go as Corey Davis goes. Right. And I think Corey Davis is going to go pretty good. So just kind of like how the quarterbacks go in Houston, uh, how, you know, Andy Dalton goes with A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. That's how Marcus Mariota's going to be. I see, I see a little Mariota bit more leg usage. I,
1: I see Mariota a little bit of a, as as a little bit of as a little bit of a value this year, just because he had such a down year last year. Yeah, and I think he's slipping a little bit.
0: It's just I can sit here and ramble off when I think of dynasty QBs. Like I can think of probably legit twelve other dynasty QBs I'd want over Marcus Mariota personally.
1: No, I know. So to and me.
0: He falls right into the – as a super flex, yeah, I'm pretty excited about him, but mm. I would still want him to be my quarterback two in a super flex. Right. Not my quarterback one. Um, if you're in a one QB league, I'm not looking for Marcus Mariota carry me to the championship.
1: Not as your starter, no. Again, super young. No, you bring him um, – yeah, you bring him along. Plenty bind, of time. Find a Drew Brees or something like that. That's like the perfect situation. But I just
0: have. nothing I'm overly like in love with. Right. All right. So let's talk about the Colts here. Let's move on. Um, Wow, we're really cruising through this show, aren't we?
1: Well, let's keep it going. Are we rushing? No, we're 30 minutes in.
0: I am a little rushing, you know. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Um, Indianapolis Colts. Here's your depth chart, Matt. Are you ready for it? Uh yep. T.Y. Hilton. Okay. Ryan Grant. Yeah. Chester Rogers. Mm-hmm. Derice Fountain. Right. Deion Kane. And K- Saint- Kassan Williams. Running back. Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, Robert Turbin, Jordan Wilkins. And don't forget, Matt, Kristen Michael. Oh, he's still in the NFL? He's still around. Tight end, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Eric Swoop. At quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, and Andrew Luck. Let's start at the top here with the quarterback position. Andrew Luck. I was on, I did a uh, a couple weeks ago, I did a podcast, guest podcast. We were like, are you worried about Andrew Luck? And I'm like, no, not at all. He was hurt. You know, am I worried about Dalvin Cook this year? No. Are you worried about Odell Beckham this year? No. No. People get hurt. People come back. Medicine's a great thing. Andrew Luck's a transcendent talent. Love him. He's throwing a football. He's having no restrictions pretty much right now.
1: He's having no pain, which is the, the best thing.
0: You see pictures of him? Pretty jacked up. Yeah. If your shoulder's starting pretty bad, you think you're going to be yoking all that weight? Um. Probably not.
1: I mean, I think lifting weights and throwing a football are completely different, but.
0: I do because right now I hurt my snow, shoulder snowboarding. Mm-hmm. I think I tore something. I need to go to MRI because this was like six months ago. Right. When I lift weights, it's perfectly fine. Exactly. Uh, over the weekend, we were playing some drunk badminton. My shoulder hurt like hell.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Completely different motion. Completely so, different
1: motion. So, yes, you can lift weights with an interior rotator cuff issue.
0: But, again, you're talking about value right now. In a, a super flex startup, Andrew Luck, value. Quarterback position in a dining startup, single quarterback, tremendous value. Andrew Luck value all over the place. Mm -hmm. I know he's 30, um, which you have the age thing kind of working against. So that, if anything, you're talking age, not shoulder for me, where he's at right now. When I, you know, I can invest in a guy who we're gonna talk about next, like Deshaun Watson, who's 22. Give me eight more years of quarterback than Andrew Luck, but he is really good. I mean, you can easily get another six to eight years out of Andrew Luck. And when he's
1: on, he's on. And yeah, as long as he comes back healthy um, this year, everything's fine. And, and, you know, projecting forward, I think he's fine for another five to eight years.
0: So, so. I'm still, if I need a quarterback, I'm, I'm checking the price tag on Andrew Luck. If I'm a super flex league, definitely checking the price tag mm-hmm. on Andrew Luck, um, which puts him to his receivers. So T.Y. Hillen. T.Y. Hillen's a guy who produces every single year with Andrew Luck when he's mm-hmm. in there. Um, you know, when he's not in there, still produces here and there, but a lot more hit and miss.
1: Yeah, obviously... Um, his his um, value is very dependent on Andrew Luck. Um, as far as him being an elite guy, like your number one wide receiver, if, if Andrew Luck's not there, he's hard to depend on week in and week out. With him in there and right, T.Y. Hilton gets vaulted into the, the wide receiver one conversation. Yeah,
0: high end. He could be a high end right. receiver one too, which is crazy. He's just one of those players, like, I just don't like.
1: You know, like oh, I don't love T.Y. Hilton either. I mean, for whatever reason, I don't. I honestly can't put my finger on it. No, it's me just one of Those guys I don't like. It's weird.
0: amazing how much we agree because I feel the same way.
1: Um, I mean, he's 28. He's he's making a, he's costs a lot against the cap. 13 million this year, 15 next year. Do you think there's any? Way they move on from Ty Hilton in the next two years? No, because Andrew Luck's gonna
0: I, come back, he's gonna play well, and Ty Hilton's probably gonna finish the wide receiver one. And I'm like, uh, eh, Ty Hilton's a receiver one. Uh. I don't,
1: I don't think they're going to either. I mean, even at those numbers, they still have a ton of cap room. They're at like fifty-two million or something like that. So
0: the the, the question comes down: Who's the number two receiver? You know, who's gonna capitalize here with Andrew Luck's resurgence? Is it gonna be Ryan Grant? The guy who the Ravens tried to overpay and all of a sudden they backed out because they wanted Michael Crabtree right. instead. So he assigned Brian <laughs> Grant to a one night deal. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on a big prove-a-deal. Right. Or is it Chester Rogers, the guy we've been talking about for the last, what, two years? About a I, feel like, guy?
1: I feel like this is Chester's year.
0: This is to make a break here for him, for yeah. sure. You know, you got rookies behind him, you know, a guy like Fountain, who has some upside. Right. Deion Kane's shown really well so far in OTA. So the team's really happy with him. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody, who, you know, a name recognition, the name talent was there who never really put together at Clemson. Um,
1: Deion Cain, would, he, he would flash. He was one of those guys that would flash, but never did it really consistently enough for me anyway.
0: Correct. So for when we look at it that way, who's your prediction? is going to step up here and be the number two receiver.
1: I think for this year, it's going to be Chester Rogers. And I think so too. And that's just, um, I've, I've never really been a huge Ryan Grant fan. Um, and, Obviously, I mean, when an NFL team pays him a bunch of money or offers him a bunch of money, and he starts signing a contract, and they kind of like back out and say, say he had, you know, he failed a physical, basically, in order to avoid a contract. You know, there was a little bit of trepidation on their behalf as well, um, like they were over, Baltimore Ravens were overpaying him, and 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 to me that that tells me all I really need to know about Ryan Grant, um, and and Chester Rogers, I think is is. He's been slowly climbing. You know what I mean? Well, he's just sl- like 6'4",
0: isn't he?
1: Um, am, I I, just, am I way off base here? I think he's not that big. Oh. Yeah. Trying six one. go off memory. Six, one. Yeah. So I wasn't oh, was even close. Yeah. I thought he was a big dude. No. So there's definitely room in this offense for a big dude, Um, you know, where, where you know, Deion Kane might be the guy there. Because I don't think Fountain's that big either. I think five five ten five eleven or something like that. Oh, no. Fountain's six, one also. So you know, Fountain or 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 um Deion Kane could really come in and step up and be that prototypical six one, six two, six three type of number one wide receiver, body type of guys, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I know I, I see here too. I mean, there's gonna be a number two here for sure. I mean I think I think Ryan Grant, you know, he averaged like one um as a possession receiver coming off a year where, you know, even T.Y. and last year when we said we poop on him, we don't like him. Last year was a bad situation for him. He still finished his wide receiver 25, which is pretty good. Right. And we The thing we have to remember is the year before when Luck was healthy, he led the NFL in receiving yards with 1,448. Um,
1: he had some huge games, man, um, two years ago. yeah. So, I mean, he's – I don't know what I, – I honestly still don't know. I can't put my, my finger really on why I don't like him all that much, but – Maybe it is because he's so dependent on a and a quarterback that's injured, or or maybe it's just that he's a smaller guy that that's hard to believe that he can just hold up and do it all the time. I
0: so, but yeah, I going so off of T Y Hill. Then I I I don't believe in Ryan Grant. I agree with everything you said there. I'm I'm going Chester Rogers. Mm-hmm. So it might be a worth a nice solid buy there for your dynasty league for a very low investment.
1: It's gonna be super low. I mean, you can get Chester Rogers for. Third, fourth round pick, nothing, nothing big at all.
0: When we move on the tight end situation, you're talking about a guy, you know, in Jack Doyle, who they re-signed, and he led the team in catches last year with 80 catches, which is, but I think it was only like 8.6 yards per reception, which isn't, you know, shows you that they're all kind of short throws there. And then they bring in former first round pick, who's still extremely young, Eric Ebron, where Ebron, you know, is big Mm -hmm. question mark as his hands as well but I can see them also running a lot of two wide receiver set, tight end sets here and that might hurt some of the, the second receiver as well. It's going
1: to be yeah, absolutely and Ebron there there are already positive reports coming out of this guy out, out of camp and everything. So um I could definitely see him like carving out a little bit of a role here and and diminishing the the second wide receiver role to to a point where it's hard to rely on Chester Rogers week in and week out. It might be, you know, it might be one of those things where they they just kind of eat and do each other's workload. And you know, you can't really rely on Ebron. You can't really yeah. re- rely on Chester Rogers. And and really, you're down to Andrew Luck as a viable guy and T Y Hilton. And you know, if if there's a pass catching back if Naeem Hines, you know, carves out a role, then then you maybe can rely on him. But after that, it's like it—it's it, kind of a poo-poo sandwich.
0: I agree. So, if I had to gamble on one, I'm gonna take Jack Doyle just because I think he could be where Andrew Luck kind of led that brigade to mm-hmm. him. Uh, but I think Ebron's gonna kind of, you know,
1: eat into that, eat a, that little a little bit, bit, eat into the you know the wider receiver two numbers a little bit, and and but not enough that he's a viable option either. So the big thing
0: here is gonna be um, the running back situation. So, Robert Turbin gets suspended for the first couple games, and they were trying to build him up a little bit. Nobody was buying that hype. You know, the big thing here is Naheem Hines. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's actually the running back that I'd want to own on the Colts because I think think Marlon Mack is somebody that I am selling before the season starts. People are looking at him as the starter running back in the Colts offense. And to me, after looking at him last year, and see what he did, it's just not something like I was overly impressed with. You're talking about a guy that averaged 3.8 yards per rush. He got stuffed at the line or behind the line of scrimmage on 33% of his runs, which is second most in the league, which means to show me his vision's not as quite where it needs to be.
1: If if you're playing behind, and this is not meant to be disrespectful, but if you're playing behind a 34-year-old Frank Gore, however old he was, I'm pulling that number out of my butt right now, and you can't get on the field more than Marlon Mack did, I, I think there's issues there. You know what I mean? Like, there, If he was a better back, they would have been able to keep Frank Gore fresher by by lessening his load. Do you know what I mean? He was uh-huh. just worn out by the end of the year because they needed to ride him. And he got worse. Marlon Mack actually got worse at the end of the year because they
0: were worried about his like his pass protection wasn't too good. Right. His ball protection wasn't too good. He's also coming off a of shoulder surgery this year, too. I am
1: Count Me In is not convinced by Marlon Mack, and and you know, that's why part of the reason why I like Naeem Hines is because I'm not sold on Marlon Mack. And another part of it is I really like Naeem Hines. Um, but another guy i'm looking at and is the other rookie jordan, jordan, wilkins. jordan wilkins me too and it's a very interesting thing cuz he's he's with robert turbin out of the way he almost defaults as the the bigger back
0: he's 6 foot 1 216 pounds pass protects really well um can catch the ball not right. bad as you know we mentioned him as a nice sneaky running back so Again, I think Marlon Mack might be the fool's
1: gold. I think he might be as well. In his
0: offense, and he's the guy I'm trying to sell. And if Marlon Mack came out and did okay, I think it'd be not a huge shock, but I just think at, the, at best he just does okay. I think Naheem Hines is going to be the pass-catching running back. I think he's dynamic enough where we can get him – maybe can kind of do what Deion Lewis does a little bit, where he could be a little shifty in between the tackles more than we kind of give him credit for. But I think his value is going to come in that PPR – Role, which holds tremendous value in PPR leagues. right? But again, if you're telling me, like, hey, if you had to pick one of these guys, you feel a little bit more comfortable, which is crazy as it sounds, I think, I mean, is it possible? Can it be Jordan Wilkins?
1: I mean, it's for where you can get Jordan Wilkins. I mean, if you, if you haven't drafted yet, you can get Jordan Wilkins in the fourth round or fifth round or something like that. I mean, it's obviously worth the gamble and worth the investment at that point. And, you know, Naheem Hines, you're going to have to draft pretty high at this point. You're going to have to draft him, you know, in the second round probably somewhere. He might be available third round, the early part of the third round. But that's after that, he's gone for sure.
0: You know, and they're bringing new offensive coordinator Frank Wright mm-hmm. um, over for um Pagano. Uh, or they're bringing Frank Wright. And it's a guy for – Frank the- Wright is the
1: head coach now. Yeah. Right.
0: So they're bringing Frank Wright. Um, and you know, last year in Philadelphia, you know, they're using Jay Jai, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, the Garrett Blunt, Darren, Sp- they're using all those guys. So there's concern there too. So is it Marlon Mack going to be okay with their shoulder surgery? Is he even good enough to even be the guy? If not, do they... Do they rely on Jordan Wilkins and Mac, and then use Naheem Hines and Robert Turbin comes back? Is Robert Turbin the guy? Because remember, before he got suspended, they are kind of building him up a little bit, saying, oh, we can see him as a three-down back.
1: I mean, I think there's been a lot of off-season hype in the past about Robert Turbin as well. And then once the games start, he is what he is. I think he's a backup running back in the NFL, and that's really all he's ever going to be.
0: Yeah, and I, see, I like Jordan Wilkins' opportunity here. I just didn't overly love his tape.
1: I didn't I didn't love his tape either. Um but it's not like I despised his tape. He's not like one of those guys that I look at and I was like, you know, I don't even want to draft this guy. He's in a decent situation. The way that you know, the way that this is turning out, he might be he might be the big back on on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Christine Michael, you know, whatever. Um, Robert Turbin suspended four games, Marlon Mack's just not that big. So I I, I mean I think Jordan Wilkins, by default, could end up being the, the bigger kind of three-down-thumper type of guy.
0: Yeah, and I think so, too. I think I'm going to buy a guy. I think I'm going to buy Jordan Wilkins for the price tag right. what it is and, and then hope that's the way it pans out. Mm-hmm. Um, So let's move on to the Texans, shall we? The, the last but not least, Houston Texans. Let's do it. Uh, let's go look at their depth chart here, Matt. At wide receiver, we have DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Braxton Miller, Bruce Ellington, Kiki Kute. Mm. At running back, we have Lamar Miller, Deontay Foreman, Tyler Irvin, and... Alfred Blue. Alfred Blue. You're my boy, Blue. At tight end, you have uh, Steven Anderson and Jordan Akins. And at quarterback, you have um, Deshaun Watson and Brandon Whedon.
1: Don't don't forget Ryan Griffin there at tight end. Oh,
0: yeah, and Ryan Griffin at tight end. I'm sorry. Sorry, (laughs) man. So um, obviously a quarter at receiver, you have DeAndre Hopkins. To me, he's the number one, one dynasty player.
1: I don't think we got to talk about this guy much. He's, no, he's this, the just, just
0: saying he's the number one, one. If yep. you have Odell Beckham, one, that's fine too. If you have Todd Gurley, that's silly. But to me, when I watch Todd Gurley play, and I've been saying this for the life of the podcast, DeAndre Hopkins, that he's, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is tremendous. He is the best hands in the NFL, you know, him, Larry Fitzgerald.
1: He's got and, some of the best hands in the NFL. And
0: Odell Beckham <laughs> at the the same year that Odell Beckham made that crazy one hand catch. DeAndre Hopkins did the same thing. It's just a play got called back. For he, just, a he just
1: didn't make. He just didn't do it as sexy.
0: He's unbelievable.
1: No, he's he's really good. I
0: mean, he's one of the best receivers that I've seen play in my lifetime. He's that good. No,
1: he's he's excellent. Yeah. So and he's super young too. So
0: the number two spot is you know up for grabs. It, it, I like Kiki Ke- Kute as a nice sleeper. That's who, out of all these guys, that's who I would want.
1: As um, a number two?
0: As a number two. Okay. And if you're down the road, throw but,
1: Will Fuller in the, the go, Fuller's, long, go He's going to gonna go be the number role. two. Yeah.
0: And Will Fuller filled really w- fared really well with Sean Watson he when Sean Watson played. Yep. But so that kind of, that's what gives me upside for him. But I still think he's just that deep threat. But as long as Sean Watson's there, that's fine.
1: That's what I mean. Like you, you bring in. Um, Kiki Kute and maybe he he develops into the the guy to do more of the underneath routes and, and is in there on two two wide receiver sets with DeAndre Hopkins and then they when they go three wide then he bumps into the slot and Will Fuller goes outside and runs his deep routes. And that might be that might be the way that that shakes out in my eyes.
0: Yeah. So at quarterback position, you have Deshaun Watson. You know, towards ACL in his uh left. Right knee last year. I was going to say, I can't remember which knee. Tore his left ACL in Clemson 2014. So he's already had two ACL tears. And a guy who said he's not going to change his quarterback player who's a dual threat quarterback. So there's some there's mild concern there. I mean, you there's know? mild
1: concern. I Listen, what happened, literally what happened exactly to Robert Griffin III is happening to Deshaun Watson. And that makes me a little bit nervous. I mean, the guy came out and did awesome running basically his college offense in the nfl which is basically what they did to deshaun watson and the dude gets injured he says he's not going to change i mean this sounds like eerily similar to the rg3 crap that happened and if they don't if they start trying to make this more of an nfl offense what happens to deshaun watson's game does it does it translate i think you know deshaun watson's I think Deshaun Watson's a little bit better talent than RG three was, but I mean you have to remember RG three like won rookie of the year, all sorts of elk accolades and yeah. and was really I mean, he was lighting up the fantasy world as well. So is this one of those situations where they're when they're playing basically college ball in the NFL and that that's only gonna work for so long in the NFL before they have to start transitioning into the NFL stuff and, and can he grasp it? Is it is it is it going to work? I mean, long term.
0: I hope so because I recently did a Superflex Startup League, uh, and with the, in the second round I took Sean Watson. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think I think the NFL is starting to transition a little bit more into that college game. So, you I think you can use more of those concepts in the NFL nowadays than you could four years ago. Whenever they tried to do it with RG three, five years ago, so I think he's got a better shot.
0: Yeah, I mean regressions. It's it's clear. I think uh, I saw like Evan Silva Silva put it uh in something he wrote up uh, a while back, where like you know Watson, I think had a nine point three percent touchdown mm-hmm. uh rate, and that's
1: uh, unbelievable, unsustainable.
0: Yeah the the um, the NFL's active leader. Let me look this back up. I had it written down from Silva. The NFL's active leader in touchdown rate is Aaron Rodgers, and that's a six point six six point four percent right. So that 9.3 is completely unrealistic. But when you got guys cuz it says here too that Rodgers never even top 9% at all. But when you have DeAndre Hopkins and you have a guy like Will Fuller who can go deep, you're in a really good position to score touchdowns because those guys can score from anywhere in the field. They're going to listen, Will Fuller's going to catch a couple of those balls. DeAndre Hopkins is going to catch all those footballs. And look, the best way to put it is Look at what Hopkins is Hopkins is so good. Look what he's done with all the trash quarterbacks he's had. Oh, yeah. So if Watson's I mean, just decent, which he is, he's gonna explode. I mean, Hopkins gonna have like eighteen hundred receiving yards, dude. Like that like that kind of year.
1: That that would be kind of crazy to me. But um
0: It's possible.
1: I guess anything is possible. I I mean, I could see him on the high side getting like 15, 1,600, which is still pretty sick pretty sick yeah i'm I'm not gonna sit there and say i just like to be. overblow things yeah 1800s a lot man so
0: okay no. um so at the tight end position you got you know they, they lose cj fedorowicz right they have now, a bunch of crap at tight it's a lot there. of crap you know i think if you're gonna go you know obviously steven anderson's in there now but he can't really pass block so there's a liability there and then you got jordan akins atkins is kind of the guy that you're hoping mm-hmm. turns into be their tight end one Right now, they're all long shots, guys you kind of want to stash. Nobody are going to start this year. Running back, you have Lamar Miller. Um, he averaged 3.73 yards per carry last year. Uh, got a little bit slower. Thought we were going to lose work to Deontay Foreman, but here's the thing with Lamar Miller. They didn't do anything in the draft. No. Right?
1: He's there for this year.
0: The guy has been um, – I had notes on this, too, and I lost them. When I had them for other podcasts. They tell me – Somebody who's really underrated right now, right. and it's Lamar Miller because he can be had for super cheap. He's finished over the last four years as a running back two at worst, as a running back one twice, and the biggest incumbent coming back is Deontay Foreman. And listen,
1: the dude popped his Achilles.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, thirty percent of players that hurt their Achilles never come back. Yep, never. And the position that is most likely affected by an Achilles heel. Terror, it's going to be the running back position because they lose some of that explosiveness and ability to pop you know right. that Achilles. so and foreman's
1: a big dude
0: man yeah that's not It's not an easy injury to come back that's literally up there with like the patella tendon tear the right. Achilles tear so there's not a guaranteed chance that Deontay foreman to be ready for camp
1: right and i'm this season i'm a guy that um have been very. I've been very outspoken about Lamar Miller and not and not really liking him, like on, on the negative side. So um, even with that said, he's at this point in his career because he's going to be for sure there, and he's most likely just going to be the guy with Foreman. You know, a big time question mark for this year. Lamar Miller is a nice little grab for this year. I mean, I don't love the guy, but I think he's in a great situation, and without without anyone. Of real consequence there on the depth chart behind him, he, he's just gonna he's gonna produce good numbers. You should go get him at whatever discount. He might not be there next year. I mean, it might be like literally a one year rental. He won't be there. Um, right. But so listen, the
0: Texans finished in the top twelve in both Russian attempts and offensive plays all four years under Bill O'Brien. Right. So that the the opportunity is there for him. Sure. And he's super cheap.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Go, I mean, And I don't like Lamar Miller. I don't love his talent, but his situation is such that not a lot of people have that, you know, that role basically all to themselves. And and I, I yes, it's possible Deont- Deontay Foreman comes back, but is he the same type of guy? I, I think Lamar Miller, especially for this year, is going to be the guy.
0: So here's something that I'm going I'm to piggyback off of two episodes ago. Episodes ago, when we covered AFC East, this is what I could see happening, and this would be this is where the saving grace comes into effect for this player. Okay, Deontay Foreman can't come back from the Achilles' heel. They need running back help because Lamar Miller again kind of you know stays under four yards per carry, just not getting it done. They want to use him more in the pass catching back kind of role. Alfred Blue is just Alfred Blue, and then they call the Buffalo Bills. Oh my! Gosh. And they trade for Lashawn McCoy.
1: That would be amazing.
0: And they make this late playoff push with that dynamic offense, and they use LaShawn McCoy, and now LaShawn McCoy is locked in as that running back we want him to be. Again, I like LaShawn McCoy, just don't like his situation. I think if I'm running the Houston Texans, and I'm that GM, whatever his name is, Rich McKay?
1: I can't remember. They just changed, actually.
0: Okay. Whatever that guy is, whoever he is, I have on the phone – on speed dial, Buffalo, and when they start zero and three, hmm. and their offensive line is terrible, I'm calling. And I'm saying, "What do you want for Shady McCoy? I'll give you a fourth round pick." Oh, that's good enough. All right, thanks, Buffalo. Here comes Shady McCoy to the rescue. That's my dream scenario for the Houston Texans. But if it doesn't, and in the meantime, Lamar Miller is the value. Yep. Long term dynasty, no. But for twenty eighteen season, if you need running back help, I think the ch- a cheap the cheapest number one guy who's going to get a lot of carries it's Lamar Miller.
1: I'm with you, man. Lamar Miller.
0: And next year, the running back could be T.J. Yeldon, or it could be a rookie. Yeah, as I was say, it, it easily, could be Carlos Hyde.
1: Easily draftable. But...
0: You know, it's going to be somebody. It's going to be somebody else. So that's it for the AFC South. Uh, hopefully, we had a couple tidbits of information in there for you. I feel it was a kind of a lackluster edition, but yeah, we'll be back next time with uh.
1: There's better divisions out there than this one, you know.
0: Even though this 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 has some, so let's recap here, right? Because we didn't recap last episode like we wanted to, real quick. Jaguars got to own Leonard Fournette.
1: Leonard Fournette, yep.
0: Sleeper DJ Shark. Yeah. Titans got to own Corey Davis
1: (laughs) or Deion Lewis.
0: Nah, to me, it's Corey Davis. I know. Dynasty.
1: Dynasty, right. Absolutely.
0: Sleeper, Deion Lewis. All right. Colts got to own Uh, Andrew Luck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Andrew Luck. Sleeper,
0: Naheem Hines. Ooh. Texans got his own DeAndre Hopkins. Easily. Sleeper,
1: Shady McCoy. (laughs) Lashawn McCoy. Uh, I mean I don't know if they have a sleeper. Is it is it Kiki Kute? Is that I
0: think it, Kiki Kute. Yeah. He can kinda come in and be like the Juju Smith this year. You know what I mean? So that's it. Uh we'll be back next episode.
1: <laughs> we don't know when it is. We don't know when any, any of these things are coming out.
0: Dude, we just recorded two podcasts in a row.
1: My brain's fried.
0: I'm fried on all this information. So it's like uh we just basically did a two hour show. And Now you're over there playing videos in your phone. Sorry, pocket. can we just finish the podcast and you start playing with your toys?
1: Sorry, I accidentally hit something.
0: All right, guys. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody's having a good summer, and we'll be back uh, next episode with uh, the AFC West. West West, and that's it. And then yep. we, we'll, get in the and then we'll
1: crank it over to the NFC. Yep.
0: All right, guys. To
1: Hasta luego. Thanks for listening
0: to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.